Welcome to the continued podcast adventures of Superhero Speak. But I think many of the people that love this character and that love superheroes in general have used these stories as inspiration to say, you know what, I'm going to do something good in the world. I'm going to make a difference like my hero when I was a kid. That is my fondest memory of it because when, you, when you're doing comic books, you want them to affect people. Right. You want people to care. You want you want to strike emotions. And I knew that that clone saga was striking a lot of emotions. Can you yeah. imagine uh, Pulp Fiction starring Goofy and uh, Mickey Mouse? I can totally <laughs> imagine that. You I'm sure somebody's written that one. Pounder with cheese and France, Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, ale with cheese, Mickey. Yeah. <laughs> I can totally see. I, I would I would watch the hell out of that movie. Yes, I gladly saw sacrifice at my my. Progeny to you of a mighty Marvel beast. <laughs> <laughs> but Neil Adams is somewhere going, hmm, it's, uh, it's my time. Uh, <laughs> How do you measure success? Hey everyone, and welcome to Superhero Speak. I'm your host, Dave. And John. And JD, here for your listening pleasure. We have all Ooh. the easy. We have all the easy hits. <laughs> pleasure. Coming to you live. <laughs> and i am your special werewolf correspondent i want to keep that going because i really liked it where did you find that by the way that that picture for this believe week's it or not episode that was believe fantastic. it or, believe it or not i googled werewolf correspondent and that was like the first image that popped up i saw that and i went well i have to ask about this because it's perfect <laughs> it was perfect i had to i had to use it so perfect i thought about making it an nft <laughs> I, I don't i don't own it and that's bullshit so you know i didn't yeah chief chief werewolf com- correspondent or senior well, werewolf course it's 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 a take on uh john stewart the early days of the daily show they came up with that everybody was a senior correspondent of like you know biomechanics or you know or karen's it's just well, like chief all i know is correspondent. They all it. i know is at one point in the show last week we actually said special werewolf correspondent so that's why i went with that for the time that works Oh, I liked it. I was a big fan. Big fan. Definitely works. When are you going to get your business cards? Uh, Thursday. (laughs) You you know, mine already say chief DC apologist, right? Yes. I'm going to, I'm going to change my Twitter handle right now. (laughs) Mine is CEO chief. uh, What was it? Cat Wrangler. Special <laughs> werewolf. All right, we're off the rails and we haven't even started. So, how's everyone doing this week? Since JD's looking up or updating his Twitter, how are you, John? I got a gift this week. Uh, My Little Pony Generation 5 started. <laughs> it okay. was like coming home. It's on Netflix. It's an, it's an hour and a 40-minute movie to start to kick off Generation 5. And they did such a good job that I think that the whole fan base is going to move over to that. Like they're going, they're going to accept it. It seems. Although the problem is that the movie, the the main characters were done by a lot of really famous people. And I don't think for a series that they start after that, they're going to keep like Vanessa Hudgens and all these other, you know, high end names. There are a lot of of division in the Brony and the Brony community, John. There, there was because it, it went, it went from from flash, flash type animation, right? The same kind of stuff they do for South Park, which has its pros and cons. To now, it's all three D, you know, and and the and the promos 
let, let me put you let me put it to you this way um it's like the, it's like the crips and bloods man <laughs> I, it is. Let, let, let me put you this way. each other in the streets zach snyder can Holy do a re- zach snyder can do a really really good promo for something to make you want to watch it comparing the promos to the kickoff for the g5 movie and the actual movie itself hasbro and netflix cannot do promos for crap <laughs> You know, I've never made fun of anyone for their interests, but I'm struggling here, man. It is <laughs> rough. Did you ever watch Bob's Burgers? Did you ever see the episode where they kind of touched on the brony stuff? No, but now I want to see it. I have, I have never seen an episode of Bob's Burgers. Ah, <gasps> oh, well, all I know is I can't remember the the whole premise, but it's old, the older daughter, and I can't remember the names off the top of my head. <laughs> Somehow her, like, one of her ponies got stolen and she had to go to this like brony convention to, to, to get it back. And there's all these guys dressed up as, as my little pony type characters. They didn't obviously didn't use my little pony. It was something else, but it was like, that was the idea. And, and they're at this like rave and there's all these guys, all these people dressed up as it was weird. You know, I, everybody makes fun of it. Until until somebody actually watches a couple of episodes and then they get it. I have never met somebody who actually watched a few episodes who came back and, and made who, who would make fun of it. After Crotch that. shot. Yeah. <laughs> my, phone, my phone's about to die. Looking for. That's that's the kind of respect I get here. So uh, um, you get so a JD crotch shot. This is a well, podcast. I'm not supposed to stare at you look, the whole look, time. Look. We didn't even look at each other the first few years of this show. <laughs> I could say I can say you know if you like it fine mm. yes i just More don't understand you. the obsession because it because in a world that really really sucks you know this is like a ray of sunlight fair how am i gonna argue that how am i gonna fight that all right it, so that it makes kinda... people it makes people happy and there's very very little you know and it's... that that description makes me understand why someone like john loves it let me let me put this here. it's like it's like a package of oreo cookies and a glass of milk that's what it's like I would call that as a as a sufferer of celiac disease. I would call that diarrhea. Damn it! You set me up, man. I mean, I had nowhere else to go with that. <laughs> no, no, that All was right, a, so fair enough. Fair anything, game. Anything else interesting happened fair to you play. this this week, John, or just no, My Little Pony is back in your nothing, happy. nothing, nothing, nothing really as good as that. Well, we've we've had we're like this this last this last month and a half. What like every time I go to Facebook, there's another person dying that I like you know, makes me feel old. So like Howard yeah. Hessman, you're, you're just pointing out. Howard Hessman, Dr. Johnny Fever. Yeah. From, from uh, head of the class, whose name I can't remember at the moment. No, I don't remember the name of the character either, but yeah. And he will for always be part of the funniest or one of the funniest moments from TV ever. One of the greatest comedy skits of all time that I, I think that comedy skit is right up there with who's on first, uh, you know, or, I mean, they're it really, Seriously, for the love of God, is my witness. Mm-hmm. I swore turkeys could fly. <laughs> yeah, yep. One yeah. of the greatest, one of the greatest single lines in sitcom history. Yeah. Like when I forget, I forget why this came up. We talked about WKRP, maybe around Thanksgiving. Actually. I think yeah, it was probably around Thanksgiving because yeah. we, you know, how can you not mention it during Thanksgiving? Yeah, we, we discussed this, and I'll be damned if that show doesn't hold up. I mean, it's fifty-year-old, forty-year-old show, mm-hmm. but the humor holds up remarkably well. It is yes. really funny. Like yeah. even in 2022 standards, like it's because I missed it. Like I, I, that was not a really a thing when I was growing up because I'm too young. But the few bits I have seen, I really liked it. It's really funny. I'm, I'm making an effort to go back and 
watch WKRP in Cincinnati. And now that now the good doctor has passed, I think I owe it to him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I do that too. It's wow. Uh, yeah. And it's funny because like, obviously it's the late seventies, early eighties, and he's, he's playing a burnout type character. Not, not, not like Ignikowski from yeah, Taxi. I was say that. Yeah. Not like Christopher Lloyd from Taxi, but, but just yeah. a different, but more of a, more of a realistic type of burnout. Aging and he plays hippie. it yeah. an aging hippie. That's it. An aging hippie. And he plays it so straight. It's what makes, it's one of the things that makes the show. So everybody remarkable. played everything straight. I like to just, that's what makes good comedy. Is yeah, I know. Treats it so seriously. Yeah. So did you know he was he was eighty one? Yeah, I he didn't. Was, he was in his late thirties, early forties when that show kicked off. Yeah, he was already yeah. hysterical. Oh, he was. That's, yes, accurate. Great show. So now that now that John brought us down, how are you doing, JD? <laughs> oh, today today was a little bit of a struggle. My little buddy had his first really rough because it was their second wrestling tournament ever. And uh, he didn't, he did not perform very well today. So, you know, we had to swallow some pride and learn some lessons. And, you know, as a dad, it was, it was hard, but it was, we're doing better. We're okay. We snuggled when we got home and watched some How to Train Your Dragon, which John's right. The show and the movies are both phenomenal. I told you. Yeah, they're, they're really good. They're really good. So we're doing better. And then uh, he hung up because all the kids get medals and he hung, he hung up his, his medal on the other side and goes, this is the bad side of the Oh, no, he wants it up there. He's like, I, when I look at this, I know I have to do better. So I'm like, you don't have to put it up, buddy. We don't even have to bring it home if you don't want to. Kevin said, like, good, I'm going to throw it away. And then he brought it home. He's like, no, I have to look at this. I'm like, he's so serious. He's so serious sometimes for a kindergartner. And I'm like, all right, whatever. Other than yep. that, you know, uh, my high school team gets started at the state finals. We ranked first in the state going into this weekend where everything gets rolling. I'm pretty excited. Been working for 18 years. For this uh, uh, next four weeks, so damn, it's exciting. exciting. Awesome. You know, writing is good. Got some new covers and some new books. Got yes, yes. I saw you're asking people and their opinions on their on the covers. You know, it, so here's what I did. This is the reason I'm doing this is I did it last time. I put these books out two years ago and they they failed them. And uh, I did kind of what they said is to you know right you do you put out the you know you, this is you put you do this you do that and I I follow the paint by numbers and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. Right. Like these, these books, like nobody read. So I put them away and I worked on other stuff and I came back to them. I'm like, you know what? I, I think I can fix these. I think I can do better. So I did a rewrite, got a new editor. And I think they're in a, man, they're so much better than they were before. But then with edit, with the book covers, I just, I wasn't happy with the, the tropes I was following last time. So I went with a different way and I'm, I'm way happier with this and we'll see. I mean, you never know, you never know what's going to work until you put it out, but I feel a lot better this time around than I felt last time. So when the Kickstarter goes live later in the spring, we'll see what happens. Cool. cool. How are you, Dave? I'm doing well. Actually, I forgot to ask John how he made out in the Nor'easter that we had oh. here. I got five inches. I'm very disappointed. <laughs> it's been so long since I've gone out and seen like a foot or two outside. And I'm, I, you know, it's, it's. Um... Speaking as a, as a 47 year old man, I'm glad I didn't have to shovel two feet of snow. <laughs> Uh, you don't shovel, you get a snowblower. <laughs> I don't have enough property to justify a snowblower. There's always enough property to justify a snowblower. <laughs> I'm, with, I'm with John on this. I have a snowblower and I love it. And I <laughs> I don't, I hate shoveling. I don't know, how, I don't know about you guys out, out the east, but we get the thick packing snow this time of year and it sucks. It's now this was actually really light and powdery. It was, it was actually pretty easy to shovel. We, we get all types of snow here. 
Yeah. So it's like, yeah, yeah this, this time it, we, because it was because the was it we had the bomb cyclone because the the Arctic was it the, the Arctic came the Arctic wind came down. So it was it was so cold. Normally they measure snow. One inch of rain equals a foot of snow. It was so cold that they were they said one inch of rain equals two feet of snow because the colder it gets, the fluffier the snow is. So yeah. We had it so cold here. We had it, we had a late school start day. I believe it felt like negative twenty outside. Oh my god! Wow! It was like negative like seven, but the wind chill was nasty. I've it seen. Was nice. I got to sleep in. <sighs> yeah. I think the lowest I've ever seen it here is negative four, like as without wind chill. But, yeah, but that was that's had, rare, rare here. We've had it here like legit negative twenty. <sighs> Yikes! It's twenty two outside right now. <laughs> here so and and i sent pictures to my to my friend island in texas and it's like five inches of snow and you can see how little snow there is because i shoved my driveway and she's like you got buried by snow yeah, okay okay because yeah, she's in texas it's also 22 here in davis junction illinois hmm. oh there you go actually it's going down to 11 tonight here so 11 hmm we'll get into that later Pol- polar uh, vortex we will <laughs> hit, uh, we will hit 11 as well Come six in the morning, which sucks because I got to get the kid to school at that. Yeah. Yep. Oh, oh, oh old men discussing the weather. I'm sure that's what everybody's tuned in. <laughs> uh, let's see. What I else tonight? I bet there's a pod for that. <laughs> there probably see, is. <laughs> what, uh, what else? I didn't really do much this week. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I have to. I, I'm under instructions. I have to say that my girlfriend is awesome. That's. Uh... <laughs> Why do you need instructions for that? That should be something you know. Because she's listening to the show now. <laughs> yeah but but you should just know that like you don't uh, we were you don't take right, the chance right before, that she she won't listen to an episode right before just, i got on and she's like well, make sure you tell her <laughs> at the top of the show make sure you remind everyone that your girlfriend is awesome i'm glad that you're happy again dude <laughs> but not super glad <laughs> but yeah no yeah well that's the thing her her brother was visiting from south carolina so she was busy with him all week so i did see him so I just kind of watched TV and didn't do much, you know, some stuff around the house. So we will get into what I watched on TV later. Was, um, was it My Little Pony Generation? <laughs> no. No. John, do you read the show notes? No. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> Dave's going to Dave's gonna shed in one of the most critically acclaimed shows of this generation. Should yes. Be yes. Show. Yes. Make sure you stick around for that. But I also caught, caught up on Boba Fett and... Of course, Peacemaker. Me too. You're totally caught up nice. on both. Not only that, I was I started I watched half the Batman Robin because I saw Don and Ray were both talking about Batman on Twitter this weekend. And I went, Oh crap, we're doing it this week. I gotta watch this movie. I got halfway through it and said, I can't do this. And then I got Dave's DM and I'm like, Oh, I'm watching the wrong thing. <laughs> Guys, yeah. I'm not looking forward to this Batman and Robin show. Let's just leave it at that. I know. I've been putting it off, but we've got to finish it out. It's it's actually sometimes you watch something and you look back and you know, this like like Superman three. That's not as bad as I it's bad, but it's not as bad as I thought. Batman and Robin might be worse. I remember I haven't I think I've watched it once since I saw it in the theaters. Me too. And I remember when the 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 ice rink scene. Oh god, no. Yeah. And they put their feet together. They put oh. clap the feet together, and the blades come out. But I also remember when they get knocked over, they actually add a whoop 
sound as they fall over and that was like i'm done that's when i was like a similar situation when bane threw i remember being i was a teenager being in the theater when this happened and bane threw a guy and the dude went boing and the (laughs) boing is when i'm like i can't i mean like I couldn't do it. I'm like, this is the worst thing. Like, ever. All right, let, let, let's let's save it for the movie, guys. Well, I was saying, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I want to I say this in case I forget. If I forget it for next week <laughs> again, he definitely was trying to go for the '60s Batman feel, oh, but instead boy, of ever, but instead of putting up the word balloons, he added the sound effects. So and, co- and cocaine. Do we get to do the next Batman after that? Please, dear God, let us watch Batman like, Begins we, after we, doing this to us. We need a palate cleanser. We For we real. definitely. Yeah. Well, I was going to suggest we go all the way back and do Batman the movie no. before oh we God. do Batman I can't Begins. Do, I'm camp. I'm camped out. I've got halfway through this movie. I still have to watch the other half, and I can't. Oh come on! I can't but, any more camp. I can't do it. I can't. Because some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. Um. <laughs> No, that's true. Some days you cannot get rid of a bomb. Hence, we're talking about Batman and Robin in 2022. <laughs> nice. Thank you. All right. So Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Uh, Where? Sorry, that's the line. We took we took a left turn this week and got an episode of The Mandalorian. Yeah, I was going to say, this is the best episode of the season because it was an episode <laughs> of The Mandalorian. I, it really made me realize how much better the show The Mandalorian truly is than Boba Fett. And again, Boba Fett is it's fine. But it's, again, it's good. Again, I go back to I think there was expectations for Boba Fett that weren't met. The Mandalorian, you don't have expectations because he's a new character. That's very accurate, and he's a character that won us all over, right? So right. we have vessels. So you, I remember last, last week's episode, which I saw this week as well. When you see the ship, you hear the that like semi East Woody, you know, kind of like that. It's the <laughs> the intro to his music, and you're like, oh, Mando, you know. And I immediately perked up when I heard it, and I didn't realize this. I did not realize this entire episode was just going to be an episode of the mandalorian i i was actually shocked i thought when he first landed on tatooine like okay now we're done with, done with the mandalorian stuff he's going to meet up with boba fett and the second half of this episode will be them him explaining and them talking or whatever and it was like no nope we're going to build a spaceship and you're going to watch us build a spaceship out of, out <laughs> of spaceship <laughs> out of parts of old of stuff you've seen before parts of uh, anakin's pod racer parts of the ships from phantom menace little bit of little bit of x-wing junkage do you know who directed that episode of of boba fett bavro wrote it i don't know who directed bryce dallas howard Howard. i did see that i did see that i i forgot yes yes he's directed a lot of this stuff uh, yeah the reason why this one was good it was written by favreau and directed by bryce dallas howard Mm -hmm. because she directed some of the really good episodes in the mandalorian too the last couple years yeah so working her way up there she's good she's a very talented director yeah um she's not a bad actress either oh another easter egg about this episode the younger x-wing pilot is the body double for luke skywalker from the last episode of the mandalorian good nice. for him for getting more work how about the older x-wing pilot do we know him no i think he was in the episode of the mandalorian but i don't know There's if he's anyone some vaguely familiar about him but i couldn't place it so i just kind of left it all i just you know forgot about it yeah i mean obviously it's not porkins no definitely. <laughs> porkins died so it definitely yes. wasn't porkins he died fighting the Death Star. He did. And if he hadn't died then, he'd probably be dead now because Porkins, you know, lived up to his name. Coronary diseases and serious. So, except when I make a joke. Yeah. All right. Hold on. Quick sidebar. Could they get away with calling a heavy character Porkins today? No. No. 100% no. People would people be up in arms, pissed. Yeah. Okay. I can't believe they got away with it in the 70s, to be quite honest with you. Porkins. Nah. 
This guy's name is Porkins. Yeah. I, remember, you know, I what? remember one of the biggest movies in 1974 was uh, Blazing Saddles. Also, Porkies came later. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. true. So we had a way she watched both. We actually watched The Mandalorian get pulled over in this episode. And that was a major plot point. Yes. Was a traffic? Was a routine traffic? <laughs> so it was a routine traffic stop. Was a plot point <laughs> to the episode. There, I sat there and went, "This is what we've reached in Star Wars: traffic stops." <laughs> we have nothing else interesting to talk about in Star Wars, so here's a traffic I, I, stop. I was a little flabbergasted by it. I'm like, I'm really watching. And the part was like, "Why do X-wing fighters have the authority to pull people over on Tatooine? That was never their job." But I guess they got to do something now. Ooh, I, yeah, I, I don't. The guy, guy, John. No, no, it's okay, guy. No, I don't like that aspect that they they're making the them policemen now. Like that just I kind seems of agree. weird. I agree with you. I was I thought it was an interesting choice. I don't know if it was John. Like, oh, go ahead, John. Well, no, I'm just I'm just kind of disappointed with the fact that the Mandalorian is the Boba Fett that we wanted. I don't know. You know, I'm warming up to what this Boba Fett is. I mean, like he has a character arc, and he never had yeah. a character before. I think there's a I think there's a lot to so like any time that you you have like a big dark character like when I say dark I mean like a mysterious character and you like reveal stuff about them the mystique is lost and uh-huh. you you can never quite replace what you've imagined right so whatever they do it kind of loses a little bit like anytime you have like a big monster and you reveal like the monster's history you lose something a little bit with it. right right yeah but he's still supposed to be a monster and he hasn't really like i don't think he's again. supposed to be a monster in this show i don't i think he's supposed to be like an anti-hero at worst but i mean he's the protagonist and there's really there's nothing um evil about him he's well, no, uh, yeah but i don't mean i don't mean like anti-hero like like you you see him as a man of action and i know that the actor is a little you know getting in the old getting older but you expect with with boba fett that he's kicking ass left and right you know you don't expect him was, to go into trade negotiations yeah this this show has definitely not been what you expected. so although i thought the last episode was pretty good i like mm-hmm. like the second I, and i i i i understand people again people's expectations because of where they've put boba fett but what ass did he kick in the movie the two movies that he was in no no asses were kicked he ambushed like darth vader essentially caught him uh-huh in in empire strikes back and then he falls into the sarlacc well, wait a minute. pretty much it what about the christmas special he was in the christmas special yeah, that's seven where was... people have seen yeah i i know <laughs> lucasfilm disavowed its knowledge like the black sheep of the family for two generations and disney finally said yes that's the thing are you will you be releasing it oh of course <laughs> you know right like, i don't even that... think it's considered canon anymore well i should hope not that thing everything about that should not be considered canon I'd like to cannon, consider cannon, cannon. cannon fodder, if anything. <laughs> yes. So, I, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I get it. Like, there's something about a character who's covered from head to toe. So he could be anyone under the mask, you know, and he just stands around with a gun looking badass. I get it, you know, but yeah, Vader caught him, froze him, and then he escapes on, or not, not escape, he flies away on Slave One. He stands in Jabba's palace. He goes and starts shooting at Luke, gets his gun shot gets knocked by Han Solo into the skiff and then falls into the sandpit. Like to, to be fair, Lucas never intended for Boba Fett to be this badass cultural icon. Well, right. no, it's the fans that drove it. Right. And, right. So you and, can't and, blame. You know, again, that's the entire culture, the brony culture. Most of the characters that came up in the, no, I'm serious. This is, this is what happens with real fandoms. Like, and, and 
because a lot of the background characters in the first season were given full backstories by the fandom and they basically had campaigns to get those characters into as as first class characters in later episodes of of yeah. my little pony generation 4 so and they became large large very important characters later on because of the fandom that's what happened with boba fett the fans just took a shine to him you know and and gave him backstories and thought he, you know they, they made a the, big deal out of him and that's that's where we are now to be frank the same thing happened with vader in the prequel trilogy right mm. when people learned that darth vader was you know a whiny little kid a spoiled rotten little whiner they were disappointed but at the same time wouldn't that like i've always thought the origin for darth vader fit right yeah like I've never had an issue, like other than you know some of the wooden directing. Like I think that, but this is it. Like Darth Vader is not what we thought he was. Like everybody points to Darth Vader in Rogue One and assumes that's Darth. That is Darth Vader, but that's never really been Darth Vader, with the exception of that one sequence. Well, that's well, that's who he is as Darth Vader, but his backstory is that's what a whining kid turns into. I mean, when you give yeah, him absolutely. ultimate when you give him ultimate power, right? Absolutely. I've always thought it was a really nice cautionary tale. Hmm. To be quite frank, I mean, it's funny too because people complain about luke in uh new hope or well, star yeah, wars he's a little you know whiny. being whiny and it's like well then of course his father was probably whiny when he was a teenager too i think that was lucas doing that on purpose like oh you yeah think luke's whiny. so you think luke is whiny wait you know wait till you meet his father and it's like but it makes sense like you know all like any all these sociopaths right they aren't exactly great kids no great kids don't become sociopaths <laughs> Actually, I'm episode title. I I was actually I was watching TV with my girlfriend and we were flipping around and then all of a sudden the end of Revenge of the Sith was on. Yeah, it was on TNT this week. I did. Yes. It was on before wrestling. And it was like it was it was literally like the end of the movie. And she's like, oh, stop. I'm like, "Okay." she's like, this is my favorite one. And I'm looking at her and I'm like, wait, what's your favorite part when he kills all the little kids is your girlfriend 30 by chance like no she's my age we're the same age (laughs) um i do think the return of the seth Revenge of the sith is the best of the prequel trilogy the best of the prequel but it's not the best yeah the act three i still think act three is pretty good like if vader just screams instead of saying no like it would have been so much better like if they had the orson welles unicron scream where Mm. stuff breaks that'd have been fine but the no you know, especially with James Earl Jones's, you know, dark voice. That was a very interesting choice to do that. I don't know. It was a like, poor choice. A poor choice. Because hmm. it's like, laughable. It's still laughable. Like an like a scream and anger would have made more sense than no. Yeah. Like, like I, I compare it to uh, Orson Welles's Unicron. Like that would have been. Yeah. The the direct the choice of no like that. It's just. Like it's understandable. Like I get why it was in the script, but everyone should have heard that. Like the audio engineer should have heard James Earl Jones been like, look, can we just do another take of something just to have it? Right. Just to try it. Right. Yeah. Just and you know, that's the thing with Lucas. Lucas thinks he's right, you know, he's gonna go with it. But man, it just didn't it just didn't work. But a lot of the rest of stuff in Sith, I think, works. Like he butchers children. Yes. In a Star Wars film, he butchers children. That's yep. hardcore. <laughs> yeah but oh and another great example of a character who's covered from head to toe that like kids latched onto and because anyone could be under not spider-man but i was gonna say snake eyes from gi joe oh yeah snake eyes yeah like and and i i've seen stuff before but they talk about that was a brilliant move like an all-black character completely covered like put him out and and just 
unknown on his origin card or or classified and like well, and kids loved cartoon, it he, he doesn't talk right like, and the cartoon like larry hama the most one of the most famous comic book experiments in history the silent issue of gi joe yep you know that's uh john are you aware of this book no just larry hama wrote an issue of gi joe with no dialogue no word balloons and no no captions. No. kennedy tartakovsky's done that with uh yes but with- he did this in 1985 yes wow Okay. Like he pioneered this. Like, like Larry Hama did this in an era where everybody, not only were people writing, like, not only was there writing on every page, but if you read like a Chris Claremont book, there was like, there was dialogues and there was thought balloons and there was captions and like, it's like reading a book. There were notes in the, in the yes, ledger, editor <laughs> notes. And it's like, there's so much like copy on the page. And Larry Hama comes along with the Snake Eyes story with nothing and just lets the art tell the story. Yeah, nice. Like I said 1985. That's a it's a bold choice. Larry Hammer was a bald man. I'm bold. bold, bold. <laughs> I think he's bald. got hair. Actually, I think he actually he does. Yes, hair. he yes he does. Handsome man. So, um, but yeah. So, so again, so Boba Fett. We put all projected all these thoughts on him, all these ideas, what we mm-hmm. wanted him to be. I mean, people complain about the actor playing him. I'm like, you realize that's the guy who all the clones look like. That's what he would like. It's that has it had to be him. It has to be him. It could be no one yeah. else but him. It had to be Tenor Morrison because George Lucas made the call 20 years ago that this right. is Jangle. Right. So you exactly. Had, you had no other choice. I mean, the only argument is, you know, how many years after Jedi is this like what he, you know, he, he is a little old for the role, but, you know, that's the point, though. Yeah. You know, he's yeah, supposed to be, he's supposed to be kind of old. So. You know? So um, I wish the show was better, but I don't think it's bad. No, no, it's not bad. It's it's this. The problem is exactly as you've described. It's a comparison between what people expected mm-hmm. it to be and what it is. What it is is good. It's just not as not good as people expected it to be. But you know that it was overhyped by by the fandom, not by not by, fandom. Not by Disney. It was overhyped by the fandom. And, themselves. and that's hard. You know, it's hard to live up to expectations, and we see this a lot. Where things fall under expectation, and oftentimes things that don't have super expectations can allow us. WandaVision, for example, nobody knew what quite to make of that when we were advertising it a year ago, and yeah. that wound up. I think I still think it's my favorite of the Disney series, right? yeah, because it was just so damn different than everything else we've gotten before. Again, to each their own. What I like mm-hmm. about these things, they're all a little different. I'll tell you what's I think better than all of them. Controversial statement, hot take here. Peacemaker. Ah, oh, look at JD with the segue. I've learned from the master, Dave. Thank you. <laughs> um, better than all of them. That's a that's a that no, is I a think, bold statement. I find I, I find that I because I'm not. I, this is me personally. You guys know that. Like, did you watch this? Ah, no, I missed it. If it's not top of mind for me, I'll let it slide by the wayside. I don't let Peacemaker slide by the wayside. Like, I make time yeah. to watch Peacemaker. I really enjoy this. The irreverence and the plot. Quite frankly, like this episode was freaking fantastic. Yes, I mean, and the thing is too, like even like so far the things I see coming, like I saw, I can't think of the character's name, the the boss of the team. I saw him, I saw it coming that he, when they were showing, yeah, yeah, he was going to be a butterfly when they were showing everyone alone, because he also acted weird after he got hit with the bomb, and they went back to him to check on him. He was acting weird, and I'm like, ah, he's a butterfly, and then that's uh, Clemson Mourn, right? Clemson Morn is the the butterfly, like he he the head of the guy. The, he's the head. Yeah, guy. yeah, yeah. Clemson Morn, and then and then when he was using when 
Peacemaker was using the X-ray helmet in the last episode that allowed him to see the butterflies in the people, I'm like, that's going to come into play with them finding out he's the butterfly. I, I did not see that coming. And but when she put it on, I went, oh. Here we go. Yeah. Yes. It was good. What I okay, so this is one of my favorite like like writing tropes is you've got this group of people that hate each other, and then they have this bonding moment, right? Uh-huh. And they're growing together. And then you take that and throw it out the window and you throw another wrench. Like this is what makes serialized fiction, not just serious fiction, but all fiction work, is that you 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 create a problem, you solve the problem. Like you got this team together and now it's falling apart again. And yeah, that's when you get some really fun stuff. But isn't that like the second act break second second act breakup or something? I mean something like, like yeah, there's like I, I don't it's hard to say what what act you're on until the, the thing is done and you can go back and analyze that. It's hard to break that stuff down in the moment. Hmm. Like because I don't I don't think anyone's conscient if I don't think anyone's conscious of acts while they're imbibing uh, a thing, you know. Right. But I think when you look back I think you could actually make that argument. This is the I have my three act structure chart. Like I'll give you the exact three. <clears throat> Continue to talk. I'll, I'll interrupt. I'm yeah, and what is I like? I don't know how many episodes the whole thing is, and I'm like curious where they're going with it. The midpoint big twist. Yeah, in the middle of Act Two. Yeah. So, because like again, how's one little team supposed to stop an alien invasion? You know. Yeah, I don't know. They made this thing. They've made this uh, problem so huge. I don't see how they can win, but maybe that's the point because it is essentially the Suicide Squad. They might well, not, right. They might not supposed to win. Well, we we don't know what right right now. All we know is Judo Master. You know the little the little thing he got to say before they knocked him out, which is you you know the butterflies aren't what you think. And then we've got. I mean, th- this may be a butterfly civil war that they're acting out on Earth. Butterfly Civil War. I didn't think about that. I mean, like, we don't have it's possible we don't have anything from the antagonist point of view yet. Right. right. But but why would why would the butterfly in the head of the, the main guy, you know, in, in Clemson, why why is that going after the food supply for the other butterflies, right? Yeah, I don't know. There's something so else. there's that would, something else going on. Yeah. That would presuppose there's like two factions of them. <sighs> yeah, that's true too. Like uh, I was questioning that at one point, like Wait a minute. We know he's a butterfly, but yet he is telling them to go after that food supply and and telling them to murder them. Like you know, when he's when the family was like, when when he when he saw them drinking, you know, he's like, oh no, they're butterflies. Murder them now, all of them. So you know, there's there's definitely two factions here. Or the butterflies are not loyal to their own, or I don't know, man. There's some. There's definitely something else afoot, which is what I like about this. Is we're about halfway through, and there's still there's still stuff being unraveled, right? There's still questions to be asked. And like, so the plot is really, the plot is moving at a good pace, but you know, I'll make, I'll say to the cows come home that, you know, character is what it's all about. And I think the characters in this show are so good and so interesting. Yeah. It really sells this, like seen as great as peacemaker, like, but I really like the dimensions, to the peacemaker character and we're seeing him grow. I really like, I always forget her name. The, the our main uh, female pr- protagonist. Yeah, uh, a- Amelia Hardcourt. Not hardcore. Now hardcore is interesting too. We're just starting to crack through. No. Oh, oh yeah, Leota Adeo. Adebayo. I can never, I can never say that name. Yeah, she's interesting too. And I love. We have our Kramer, right? Vigilante is our Kramer. Yeah. Oh my God! And think of it that way. Yes. Yeah. And we even had some stuff with uh, with dyed beard and 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 uh, peacemaker. Like we had resolution. We saw a giant gorilla who I believed might have been Grodd 
for a moment before a chainsaw went through his chest. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. he said, oh, that is not Grodd. Yeah, they're not going to kill off Grodd like that. But he did speak, so. Yes, but he was being controlled by a butterfly. Yeah, so mm. he's not actually, not actually Grodd. So, so he's not a, what you're saying is he's not an ape from Ape City. Right? Gorilla City, yes. Gorilla City, yeah. But I think we're being teased with a potential Grodd. Hmm. Yes. Right? I think we're being warmed up for Grodd. And it's, it's gun, so perhaps we will get Grodd at some well, point. Well, if Bat might and what, what else? And, and uh, Matter Eater Lad exist in this universe, then everything's on the table. If you're talking fu- future Legionnaires and, and fifth dimensional imps, then there's li- literally nothing else that probably doesn't exist in this world. I saw him eat an entire Wendy's. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god what an but notice, odd but notice he, even he couldn't stomach an arby's so you know <laughs> what an odd <laughs> character just in general matter eater lad i just oh i love the legion like the fact that we're mentioning the legion is curious very curious curious you think we'll get a Superboy or an actual legion I don't know. I would love. I know they tease the Legion on Supergirl, but it's so CWE. I can't. I can't pay attention to that. But I just. I love the Legion. I think there's nothing in comics or in now in this media quite like the Legion, mm. right? I think it would be a cool thing to try because it's it's a different take on what we have, right? It's the club of superheroes. Maybe yeah. the Le- Maybe the Legion comes back and tells Peacemaker how they defeat him. I don't know. That's kind of. I think that would come out of way out of left field. But we did um, we but you're right, we did have Legion and Supergirl, right? We did have Legion so. Yeah. But so. we had Legion in, in Smallville too. It's not quite what um what I would want from a Legion show on its own or something. Mm, yeah. But you know, hey, we're doing something with the characters, which is more than I can say for the comics mostly. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. So yeah, but and then of course he has a little pet butterfly. He does have that pet butterfly. Yes. That he's well, I, I, I keep thinking that thing's going to escape and like take over his eagle or something. I mean, like eagle oh, here. That would be heartbreaking if we had to kill Eagly. I know. Yes, yes. He's probably the most important character of the show. Um, well, you know, you know how it goes in these things. You make people care about an animal, and you can't do anything with the animal. No, no. We learned that with with uh, Bambi's King. mother. Yeah. Well, unless you, you're Stephen King and you embrace it. Or, or or you're ready to in, introduce John Wick into your show. <laughs> it's like, you killed that. You killed Eagly. I wouldn't, honestly, if you put that past James Gunn. No. Come on. He caught him a, a squirrel to make him feel better. He did do that, maybe. But this is the same guy that killed Groot. Yeah. Forget that. Uh, maybe Groot is not original Groot. Groot I know. Groot. I want to pretend he's original Groot. So, yeah, the shows this week were, were good. I mean, it's funny because I think that... HBO Max has the better show right now. You know, I think Peacemaker is definitely the better show than Boba Fett. Yeah, I'll say that. I wasn't expecting that. Again, maybe because I had fairly, not low, but like I wasn't excited for Peacemaker. Mm-hmm. So it's over exceeded what I expected from it. Where Boba Fett, like we've talked about, doesn't. It's under exceed. Yeah, yeah it's under underperformed. But, but by no fault of its own. Well, it's just, I would say no fault of its own. But then Mandalorian, then this week's episode was basically mandalorian and you're like oh my god the mandalorian was such a great show and it's so good and we get the dark saber and we get yeah the legend of mandalore and they're setting up season three of the mandalorian and i'm like oh good mando's here to save this show <laughs> <laughs> rings are going down time for a cameo <laughs> well that's the thing too because like i saw someone mention that on social media and i'm like no these they film these things way in advance like as a whole there's no way there's no way that uh they 
snuck this in because I knew the ratings were going to be bad. Yeah, yeah. So. No, this is part of it because again, Mando is kind of our—he's our linchpin of the Star Wars television universe. So you know, like with Poochie, when Poochie's not on screen, everybody should be asking, "Where is Poochie?" <laughs> Always trying to sneak in those Poochie references. Hey, man, Poochie's Poochie is a cultural touchstone that should never have been one. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, so oh, go ahead. No, no, I'm saying. No, never mind. We can continue talking about Peacemaker. What else can we? I think we covered the Peacemaker. Yeah, Amelia Harcourt is nice to look at. Yeah, are they going to hook up? I hope not. She can do so much better. Yeah, she could. Then Peacemaker. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a frat boy sociopath. But that's part of the charm. Yeah, but he's got muscles. All right. Um, Does have muscles. All right. So let's move on to John. His favorite topic, social media bandits. <laughs> so last week, there's not much this week. Uh, last week, we talked about the Moon Knight trailer and the o- ODPH podcast. Ocho Duo Parlay Hour. Said, costume looked great. Everything else intrigued me enough to want to watch the show. I concur. Yes. It wasn't, uh, it was just enough. It was a, uh, what's the, an aperitif. Just enough to uh, wet your whistle. A little French for you on your Sunday evening. So <laughs> a little wet your whistle and get you interested in more. So, yeah. And then, of course, there was discussion about X-Men working better as a movie or a TV show. <laughs> to which our good friend D-Square said, resident, the X-Men need resident to start. X-Men fan, yes. Resident, mm-hmm. resident, X-Men, resident X-Men expert. Resident expert. <laughs> resident expert our resident that evolved quick our resident <laughs> expert said the x-men need to start as a show so that the characters can develop and we can get a soap opera and get the soap opera stuff going once they are established we need some movies i'm down with that that sounds good to me because that's kind of the x-men anyway right is you have all your regular stuff to build the characters then you have your event right right that makes i'm down with that. yeah yeah i mean that, that works i mean again it's also why the Avengers movie works because we concentrated on the character origins in separate movies and yeah. then brought them together. To which you replied, JD, focus on what's important. JD Oliva, special war where of course bought it. Because he got it up there. We're talking about that. And Don's like got a shoehorn his X-Men stuff, always pushing his X agenda. <laughs> his X agenda. His X agenda. <laughs> well, he is the resident expert. Focus uh, on what's important. Me. someone doesn't have an ego no none well (laughs) i do love this picture this makes this makes me look at this special werewolf correspondent picture that i can't believe is an actual thing that's just it's just amazing (laughs) well on that note boys and girls if you want to see the picture that jd's talking about or if you want to follow us on social media be part of social media Here's our resident expert, expert. to tell you more <laughs> on how you can get more superhero speak. Enjoying the show? Want to be part of Social Media Madness? Make sure you are following SuperheroSpeak.com, where you can find all of the show's social media links at the top of the page. While you're there, you can check out old episodes of the podcast, as well as some other great content. Check the site often because we are posting some great comic reviews as well as comic book and movie news content every day. 
Make sure and follow us on Twitter at Superhero Speak. And while you're there, check out the rest of the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. You can follow them at stars underscore geek. The Geek World All-Star Podcast Network include great programs such as the Pop Prison Power Podcast, Cult 45, So Wizard, Fans on Patrol, the Gorilla Brain Podcast, and of course, Superhero Speak. Search for hashtag GWAllStars. You will not be disappointed. Now, it's back to Dave and the boys on Superhero Speak. Thank you for that, Don. And don't forget to check out the Omega Level Nerds podcast, available on YouTube and wherever podcasts are available. I'll be, very, I'll be very disappointed if Don does not work resident expert in his Twitter handle. <laughs> and on that note, we're going to take our first commercial break and we'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. <laughs> All right. We're back. We have a little bit of news to talk about. And start, starting off, of course... This talking about, of course, the Peacemaker and James Gunn has come out this week and said he is working on another Suicide Squad spinoff for HBO Max and a season two for Peacemaker. Wow. The the spinoff isn't official yet because he's it's just a German of idea. He hasn't written a script yet, but apparently the people over at HBO are all, all on board for it. So what do you guys think of this? Would you want to see it? Give Gunn more stuff to do. Yeah. He's single-handedly yeah. saving this, you know? Yes. Give Gunn a Justice League move. Huh. Could he do it? Yes. Guardians. Yes, but do DC fans want that kind of sense of humor in a Justice League movie? I think he could pull... It's, uh, the Does DC fans? Yes, I believe they would, because look at the Justice League animated series. Okay. Do I think the Zack Snyder fans? No, they, they don't know humor. They don't like humor. They don't like to smile. They brood. There, I mean, there was humor spread throughout the Justice League and Justice League Unlimited animated mm-hmm. series, but it wasn't like gun level, you know? But it doesn't have to be gun level. I don't think, like, gun, I don't like Brightburn, right? Gun is capable yeah. of doing stuff outside of what we consider, you know, his irreverent style of humor. I think that, I think that he could, I think, look at Suicide Squad, right? Suicide Squad, the Suicide Squad was a good movie and it had the right amount of humor to make those particular characters work. But even this week is when gun gets serious with a, with a major threat, like the threat comes off. Starro was legitimately scary. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The butterflies are, they're basically doing an invasion of the body snatcher story. Right. Right. And they're doing a good job of it. And and we're pretty sure like Starro once sent butterflies in your brain, that's it. You're done. Right. Like you you can't come back from that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that they're changing them from the inside because that big, yeah, they're drinking honey like Pooh Bear. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know Pooh Bear was a butterfly, but okay. Pooh Bear the butterfly drinking honey. <laughs> I didn't know he had a proboscis. <laughs> I don't feel right, Piglet. <laughs> we, watch, we watch a lot of Pooh Bear in the house. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh. like, give the man more stuff to do. I think this is. A, I think it's a good idea. And he says, leading into the next article. That this is pretty much the end of uh, Guardians, the next one. That makes me sad. Three movies, three movies in a special, I think, is plenty. True. So he does say 
he did say in the interview like he would do more he would do more if they want it but he's he he kind of alluded that like marvel doesn't really want any more guardians movies so i don't know what that's about but because he you know he doesn't make he's like i don't make the decision if there's going to be more or not is is basically what he says there might still be some friction from the thing there might be there might be i know that because like one of the people that was most vocal was batista Mm -hmm. and i think like he's kind of like done with marvel well i think he'll come back for this one and then he's pretty much done that's probably what he was saying. Right. He may, he may come back for another like a big Avengers thing. You know, if they do another Endgame level. He said he he said he would do something with Gunn. Right. You mm. know, and the people who work. The thing about James Gunn is like he has a bunch of people that he works with frequently who enjoy spending time with him. So that's the mark of a good director is how often you have the same people working with you time and time again. I I, I kind of got the feeling like that maybe when he came because he's are currently filming it, Volume Three, and. I kind of got the feeling that there might be some still awkwardness and bad blood between him and the Marvel people while he's working. So it's kind of like he's getting the impression they don't want him around, you know, and he's thinking like, I don't really want to keep doing this if they're going to keep acting this way. Mm -hmm. Why? Why with gun? They've done such a they've done such a good job. I mean, like, I know I know that they've railroad, not railroad. The thing. Hmm. The thing, like the reason why they fired him. Well, yeah, I, I, you know? I, I know. And they don't like being wrong, you know. Right, that's what it is. Yeah, and there's, they there are them. suits at Marvel. I'm not at, at Disney. They're just like, no, we're never wrong, and it's like they were wrong, and they don't want to admit to it. And Feige likes being the guy. Like, say what you want about Feige, he likes being the guy in control, and you know, Gunn doesn't. Especially now that he's done his own, he's done his DC movie his way. And he has a whole show doing it his way. So and and I like it. He's, yeah, he's, you, mm. you come back to Marvel and it's like, well, you guys fired me and you're micromanaging me, I guess. I guess I'm just going to finish this and call it a day. Well, that yeah. goes back to what we've talked about before, where Disney hires a bunch of directors that they can still push around a little bit, right? They do. They do. So, in a, but, lot, yeah. in a lot of cases, absolutely. Like, I, and, and they went with, the, 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 I forget the name, the Chloe Zhang, and they let her kind of do her thing and it didn't work. And I kind of think mm. that's part, like, it's funny. That's probably not that he would have worked for the, with them forever, but that was probably the nail in the coffin on Disney's part too. It was like by them getting rid of him, firing him in the first place, and then him coming back with the Suicide Squad and it being one of the biggest movies in a long time mm-hmm. and everyone loving it. And then now and then he gets a spinoff TV show right after that. Like he became even bigger. And you he know doesn't, he doesn't need them he doesn't need them anymore and like he they can't push him around yeah exactly so they they did it to themselves so yeah more the full day so it'd be interesting to see what they go how they go forward with all this because i mean i still don't even know how you wrap up guardians <laughs> of the galaxy at this point you know like gamora's gone essentially i mean <laughs> she's back but it's not the same gamora well, the know. fan and the fans won't be happy unless you know that works itself out somehow yes because we want our happy endings right well they deserve a happy ending after everything they've been through yeah no (laughs) you think you want a happy ending you don't want a happy ending yeah but then again it was peter you want a happy enough plus too there's a lot of there's a lot of people's people don't love chris pratt the way they used to you know so this might be they don't i mean there's like there's a lot of like he's not as like beloved as he was five six years ago why a lot of 
oh, you know, we live in a divisive world where, you know, people, if you, you know, it's just some people don't like them for whatever reason. So it could just be a lot, a lot different. Like everyone's in a much different place in their life right now than they were eight years ago. I'll never forget. I can't remember who it was. That movie he was in, uh, The Passenger. Yeah, where he's essentially raping Jennifer um, Jennifer Lawrence. Oh, well, yeah, that was not a good pick well, for either one of them. <laughs> well, the thing with the thing with that was, didn't he leave his wife shortly did, or while, while he was doing making that movie and did, did and started dating Schwarzenegger's daughter? Well, I thought he dated Lawrence for a short while. Oh, maybe he did. I don't know. I mean, like usually the usually okay i'm gonna be a little sexist for a moment but it's the truth usually when those like like meg ryan dennis quaid right uh-huh. i broke up everyone decided meg ryan was bad and that her career never recovered right. dennis quaid remained dennis quaid right right but meg ryan's one took the, the hint like usually when those couples break up they people tend to turn on the woman and they didn't and that's part of it too is people it was anna ferris was his first yeah one. but i remember watching i remember watching that i don't remember who i was with when we were watching it like we were watching it at someone's house and we were like in their living room and watching it on DVD. And I can't remember who it was, but kept every kept every time Jennifer Lawrence kept coming on screen, she's like homewrecker. Cause she was like blaming her for Chris Pratt breaking up with his wife. And it was just like, what? Yeah. And that's when I really started seeing there is a turn of people not liking Chris Pratt anymore. And then there is. And there's a lot, you know, there's a lot to, I think the, I think the, I think there's a thing too, is when you're faint, when you're not famous and like you're the less famous one in the couple, and then uh-huh. you get your fame and then you leave your wife people are kind of like oh fuck that you know yeah and i also the it's funny there are people who don't like what happened in uh infinity war with the gauntlet scene yeah those people are crazy and stupid though yeah it's a character that is not the actual human being <laughs> but a lot of it yeah. is, is the relationship stuff it's the politics stuff it's you know it's a lot i mean there's a lot there's a lot of stuff and he he has not avoided controversy, even though he doesn't really court it either. No, you know, it's just people decided we like other people better than him. Right. There's just like, everyone's in a different place. No, that's know? true. Yeah. So I, it's just, I could see that. I think this is probably a good idea to make it at the end of the ride. You know? Well, that was one of the things too, like, because, you know, he's, he's Christian and he makes a, like a stink about that on social media and stuff. Like, not a stink about it, but he talks about it a lot. He talks about it, and there's people that and then, don't like. There's people that don't like that, but you know, it's his right to talk about it. Exactly. And then when the James Gunn stuff happened with Disney, he was one of the few that didn't come out right I away. I think that's part of it too. Is everybody yeah. came to James Gunn's defense except Chris Pratt? But he was like, he didn't know where the ball was going to land, so he didn't want to like rock the boat. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, but that's that's not that's, when you what doesn't that it does that make you a loyal friend yeah and again maybe they aren't friends but again right. i guess like that's the thing though is like people people choose sides again this is the weird thing about twitter right is we think we know all these famous people but we really don't no we don't like but be, so people people silly foolishly take these sides because they think they're so they think these people are their friends exactly right? like i'll never understand people like tweeting at at famous people right they're not reading this no unless you're making fun of them or want to dunk on them then it's perfectly acceptable if you want to dunk on somebody do your thing but if you think you're like having conversations with them that's weird man it's really weird so but yeah we think that like people think people think because they have like semi access to celebrities that they're buddies with them it's an awkward thing and they choose they choose sides in all this it's weird yeah i know the whole thing is yeah i mean look at the amber heard johnny depp 
Boy, situation what a mess, too. What a mess that is. Yeah, yeah. Stay, they're, both, stay, they're both nuts. Stay yeah. 500 meters away from that one at all times. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, like you, you say, we don't really know these people. Yeah, we have no idea what's going on there. Yeah, I but I mean, they know what's going on there. So, but I'm saying you see people like on social media all the time in one of the two like camps, and mm -hmm. it's just like. But you don't know them. Why do you like? It's a couple who has a messy relationship. Just well, there's just two things. One, like some sometimes people do invest because they do feel like a connection to people. Two, it's a tabloid culture. You like seeing celebrities miserable because they have so much. No, it's true. That's tabloid culture. You like seeing celebrities suffer a little. Yeah, because it makes you feel good when you see the rich and the famous suffer, but not mm. really suffer because you don't want to seem like drawn and quartered. Like this isn't the French Revolution. We just want to see them, you know, go mad. Yeah. I don't know, but I kind of I uh, equate it to like you're at a bar and a couple you don't know is that the bar starts fighting and you start taking sides. And it's like, what? I've never I've never taken sides, but I have eavesdropped. Like, because <laughs> why not? You, you kind of go. Yep. So it's a shame, but it probably it's probably time. <laughs> yeah, it probably is. But I mean, it's it also doesn't necessarily mean the ends of the characters because they can pop up and, and no, you know. Yeah, it's just I mean, most likely like, will. Yeah, of course. Marvel, Marvel, like like Marvel's one to let things go. You know, they've already lost Iron Man and Captain America. Like that's they got to figure they can't lose anybody else. Right. And I also think there you go. I think Chris Pratt is in both that and Love and Thunder. Because remember, Thor left Thor with the Guardians. Guardians yeah. yeah. So that's interesting too. Is we're gonna get to see a different take on the Guardians, right? We're gonna get to see Taika Waititi's version of the Guardians of the Galaxy for at least a brief period in right. Thunder. I'm looking forward right. to seeing a trailer in that whenever that comes out. It should be soon, right? It's this year, so. isn't it? I would think so, because like again, Gunn's a guy that made that made a hiring for someone like Waititi possible, because he's right. not the type of guy they would go after. But Gunn exactly. made that more acceptable. I don't know. It's gonna be interesting to see what happens in the next couple of years with this stuff. Yeah. No, it is. And then something that would have been interesting, you know, maybe 20 years ago. <laughs> now I think people are getting too old. Ron Pillman <laughs> oh, yeah, said, said, I am eager to do Hellboy 3. No, I'm effing, I'm 71 effing years old, but we owe it to the fans. <laughs> Looks great for 71. I don't care if Guillermo del Toro wasn't coming back, right? Uh, okay. I mean, it's the truth. Like Guillermo del Toro is the reason why those help those first two Hellboy movies are good. The last yeah. Hellboy movie sucked ass. Yep. So, you know, if if it, Ron Perlman's awesome and perfect for Hellboy, don't get me wrong, because he was great in those movies. But if Guillermo del Toro isn't coming back through Hellboy, I have no interest. No, no. I mean, that's that's true. Like they talked about it a while ago, and then then the reboot happened, which I don't think anyone saw, and. <laughs> And now, now Perlman's once every once in a while it comes up. It's like, yeah, I'll do Hellboy through if if they'll have me back. And are they officially doing it? Like, I, was this like, is it greenlit? And I just missed it. No, no, he but he he just keeps talking about it. And um, he's, gonna, he's speaking into existence. Abe Sapien, hmm. Doug Jones, who was one of the first celebrities we had on this podcast, said he would love to do a Hellboy three as well, but no one's calling him and asking him to come back. So. Doug, I was at a Comic Con in 2009, and Doug Jones. I was playing. Me and a buddy of mine were playing video games with Doug Jones and some of his entourage, and he was all over my friend. It was hilarious. He was hitting <laughs> drunk and hitting on my buddy, and I was like, "This is this is mildly entertaining. I'm going to sit back and watch this." <laughs> so yeah, but so so as far as as far as I know, Neil Perlman and Doug Jones both wanted to do Hellboy through, but 
uh, Del Toro doesn't. So it's not going to happen, I don't think. Another slow news week. Yep. Yes. Yes, it is. And yet we've managed uh, an hour and 10 minutes out of it. That's what we do. Yes. So <laughs> blood from a stone. <laughs> so we do have a main topic this week. I don't want to get to it. We're all excited about. But before we get to that, <laughs> we're going to take our last commercial break. I'm going to be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. Yeah. All right, John. So people at home can't see your face, but you have a, a disturbed look on your face about our main topic tonight. No, my, I'm, I'm anticipating the discussion. That's all. So I, have, uh, I, I like this. I'll start off with that. I like Stranger Things. So, so, Love it. so last week, of course, JD convinced me to watch season one of Stranger Things. And so we could talk about it this week because I had never watched it before. Yes, for those who, those who are longtime listeners and fans of the show, you should know by now I'd never watched it before. And it wasn't like any other reason than it just like the previews when I saw it didn't appeal to me. Like, I don't see it's something here I want to see. So I just didn't watch it. And of course, I would get pressured and badgered by people like John and our former co-host, Ben. What do you mean you're not watching it? Go watch it. What's wrong with you? You would like it. Oh, my God. We've we've been a podcast as long as Stranger Things has been around. Wow. (laughs) I just realized. It's going to be nine years in May. So, um, so, So I watched it. And... It wasn't bad, but I don't, I don't agree with the hype. <laughs> How's that? And I think it's one of those things, like, before we get into this, and honestly, and we've talked about this before, I think at the time when it came out, there was so much hype around it, and everyone built it up as this, like, great thing, and then you go back and look at it years later, something you never looked at, and it's like, eh, okay. But, but yeah, so, so let's see. Let's, let's get some uh, information here. I got the, the page up. So season one was, what, 2016? Starring Millie Bobby Brown and who else is in this thing? Oh, Jesus. Finn Wolfhart. Finn Wolfhart. David Arbor. David Arbor. Winona, Winona Ryder. Ryder. So, okay, so that, that gets me to my first interesting point about this. Winona Ryder, for every episode, has top billing. Yet no one really talks about Winona Ryder being in this show. Contract. Everyone, what? Contract. She was the biggest name of the show. Like you know, she got that. no, no, and I get that. And she was that. Obviously, they thought she was the draw too, right? But I everyone, she, I don't think thought she was the draw so much as she was the only person who had a name. Because I don't think there's a, I don't think there's much value in in Winona Ryder's name in, in the 2010s to the 20. You know, like now, like yeah, she, she had a dip in her career. Like, huge dip. Yeah. Yeah, you hadn't seen her for a while. Mm-hmm. Now it's on the upswing, but Millie Bobby Brown has become really big. So yeah, like same Finn, Finn big. Like Natalie about, Dyer to Natalie Dyer to a lesser extent. She's great. She's great. What about I really David know. Arbor? Yeah. David Arbor. He became but he became a draw on this show. Like this is what made David Arbor famous. Yeah. Uh, okay. I mean he was what? In Law and Order. Yeah, but this is the show that like this is what made him people take notice of him. Okay. And Finn Wolfhart got a cameo out of Ghostbusters out of this. Well, I mean, everyone talks about Finn Wolfhart and Millie Bobby Brown, like the kids from the show. Mm-hmm. Like that. And I get it, too. After watching it, I get it. But it was also like, no one's no one ever goes, oh, my God, Winona Ryder was amazing in it. Which she wasn't she was real. She was good in this. Yeah. But she's like, it's not her show. 
no. especially in this first season. This show in the first season is really about the kids. And mm-hmm. then to in this the second, third season, it becomes David Arbor becomes more of a presence in the show. Where in the first season, he's really a supporting player. Right. Like he becomes he he becomes Eleven's dad. Spoiler alert. For a five-year-old show. Okay. I'll spoil. Yeah. Like I haven't seen any of the other seasons. But she goes home with them at the end of the season, doesn't isn't that how this season ends? No. No, so so okay. So let me let me let me let me tell you what my you didn't like it, so you're not gonna watch seasons two and three. So I mean I hold can on, spoil. hold on, hold on. Let me speak. <laughs> my <laughs> oh, it's funny. I said let me speak, and then my um, phone started. The thing came up like it wanted to. Who it's Google to Google search. Who do you yeah. want to speak to? Yeah. So my first problem with the show, I've this is should not be a surprise. I've said this before. I don't like things where kids get hurt, kids die. Oh, yeah, okay. You know, like it just it it, it really bothers me. Don't read Pet Cemetery. <laughs> well, we already did the institute. We on did this do show. the institute. There's a lot of kids getting hurt. A lot of kids getting hurt in that. Poor Barb. Like, like yeah. Barb gets, she did no, she did Barb nothing to deserve. Shaft. Yes. She did nothing to deserve that. And the, the, comic, the Comic-Cons after Stranger Things came out, like it mm-hmm. became normal to walk past one of the one of the support beams for for the, the ceilings of the big the big spaces in a Comic-Con and see posters all over it for, you know, fi- missing Barb. Right. Yeah. So that became, that became a meme. Yeah. Poor Barb. Yeah. Like we didn't even get a funeral for Barb in the show. Yeah. Um, we never found the body. Yeah. No, because it's in the the upside down. The upside down. It was that in the Christmas lights. People walk around dressed in Christmas lights. So, and then of course, we find out that uh, Hopper's daughter died from cancer, and as a person oh, okay. whose granddaughter is <laughs> being treated for cancer, well, you know, it's like, yeah, I'm not liking that. And then, so let me get to the other thing that kind of like, eh, by the time I was done watching, was the show ends with Eleven disappearing. Because she kills the what do they keep calling the? It's the is it the is this I forget is this Demo, Demogorgon? Demogorgon, yeah, yeah. So she's she hits him with all her power, and they both disappear in like a cloud of of stuff. I believe there's a post credit sequence at the end of the final episode of the season. Oh well, no, it didn't come up because as um, soon as the credits started rolling on that, like Netflix, when usually there's a post credit scene, the credits will it'll stay on. It went right to the next season. I thought there was yes, she is she saved Hooper or yeah, Hooper saves her. You mean Hopper? Hopper, excuse me, oh. Hopper. <laughs> Mister Hooper's from uh, Sesame Street. Yes. Ne- um, ne- well, that's a neat crossover. So you just <laughs> you just they, they weren't hanging with Mister Cooper. That's <laughs> Grover so you just ru- you just up. ruined ruined uh, season two for me. Thanks. I was you though. Find they out do the sh- first episode. Calm down. You do yeah. find out that Hopper. You do. They do show Hopper like leaving Egos for her in the woods. Oh, that's what it yeah. was. Yeah, she's she's she makes it. She's in all the advertising for seasons two, three, and four. Which makes you go, okay, maybe she's still in the the upside down. Well, um, how did you not know she? I mean, like it's ever. You haven't seen any promo or anything. You know that Millie Bobby Brown's been big because she's been in every other episode of i knew it but come on quiet so what i'm getting at is the season definitely ends where the story feels half done like you have to watch season two like and that's that like was like ah 
when I was done watching it, it like made me upset. No, it could like, have been a poignant ending, even if they didn't have a season two or anything I, after it. I agree with John. I actually thought Stranger Things would have been better off if they, at the time, I thought it would have been better if it was an anthology show where they just did different stuff, right? Mm. Like, and just continued it with not, not necessarily ties to this. But season two is really good. So I was okay with what they did. Yeah. I don't know. I, cause I like to me, the fact that like they, well, first off, the Mike, or not Mike, Will is in the bathroom at the end of the show and he mm-hmm. coughs up a slug. And it's like, obviously, that's showing you something more is going on. And I really didn't like <laughs> the fact that Nancy was back with Steve at the end of the show. No, I'm like, oh, nobody oh, liked that. Right. Nobody okay. liked that. Hold on, hold on. Okay, okay. I'm going to tell you something. This is going to blow your mind, Dave. You, if you were to watch season two of Stranger Things, Steve is the is the best character, and you learn to love Steve. Steve totally goes through character change in season two, and him and Dustin become like the best of friends. But he he said no. Nancy was a whore. No, I know he spray he painted that on a me. No, 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 no. He went back and told his friends that, that they were wrong to do yeah. that. Yes. Yeah, I saw that, but so he, he still he still was there Dave, and did it. Dave, Dave, I'm gonna tell you this right now. He pays in spades for everything bad that ever that he does in this first season. He is by the by this point in season four, we're coming to Steve is like it's like it's like Jamie Lannister level of like you hate him, then you really like him, right? They do uh, such great work with the Steve character. Cause I'm gonna be honest with you, she gets together, like that's her dude, like her and Will's brother, whose name I'm forgetting at the moment because I haven't seen the show. They're a thing by season two. I can't think I of his play, name. The guy who played John- Cannonball. Jonathan. Jonathan. Jonathan, yeah. Jonathan and her, they're they're a thing. That they make that work. Right. And then Steve goes off and does his own stuff with Dustin and it becomes like the best bromance ever. <laughs> like it's great. It's like this big brother, little brother dynamic. And then he meets Ethan Hawke's daughter in the third season, and they're also awesome together. Like this stuff gets better. Like, I forgot that that was a thing because I thought the same thing, too. Like, how did she go back with him? There is such there's such good writing for that specific character after the first season. He completely changes and redeems himself. But it's not like it's out of left field. Like, it redeems it. Like, they do actual good work with the Steve character. Because I forgot that Steve's a heel in the first season. And that, that was one of the things about the writing. This is the kids. The, this This isn't the Hogwarts kids, right? Like these kids, they do stupid things and they pay for it. And there's, yes. they, they don't know everything. And they, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're not, they're not the ones like they're not the, the Scooby gang going around solving the mystery. So they're just involved in it and they're trying their best to survive. I agree. But, That's what makes these kids really great. It's because I feel like these are real kids that mm. are acting like real kids would do in a supernatural situation. Yeah. I mean, and I'll say as an ensemble story, it's, it's written well because they're like all the kids have something to contribute to the story to the what you know rescuing and then by the time they all the kids and the adults get together like they all have a piece of like what's going on and figuring out of course they they make the what you think is the fatal mistake of first the parents you know hopper and will's mother i can't think of winona Ryder's characters i'm not winona Ryder. joyce 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 yeah yeah, Joyce and, and Hopper first go off, you know, and then he breaks in and gets they get caught right away. And then <laughs> and then the older two, Jonathan and Nancy, decide, now we're gonna go do something <laughs> to stop the, the demogorgon. And then they leave the kids 
all by themselves at the high school. And it was just like, yeah, which ends up being a good thing by the end. Because <laughs> when the teenagers fight the Demogorgon and then forces them back into the upside down, then, you know, then they're able to find uh, Will and get him out and all that stuff. But it was just like, oh, man. Yeah, it gets... I get where you're coming from. I get the frustration of wanting a complete story because I see, but like having, having um, experienced the next two seasons, that stuff that, that you, that frustrates you is, is delivered and it does expand upon this universe and this overarching narrative. Yeah. Because that's the whole thing too. Right. Like, and I want to say this too, like as a person who's watched a lot of movies and read a lot of books, I get why they did set it in the eighties. It's not like everyone likes the nostalgia factor, but that's not a, that's not something they lean heavily on in the season. I know, which is good because there are a lot of movies that would say, "Oh, it's an '80s movie," and they just basically well, hit you with the bat that says the '80s on it. Well, I, you know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure they lean heavier on it in the second season because I remember the promo for that, and they were it was Halloween, and they were all dressed as the Ghostbusters, the four That's kids. That's like it's one episode. Yeah, you know, and it they are very subtle with it throughout. And the third season, they did the mall thing, and it's like it makes sense in the context of the story. Like right. they don't make it exploitative of the eighties. Like it just, um, it's a story that takes place in the 90s. But it makes sense because you're eliminating cell phones and the internet. Mm-hmm. And like you, like you, for this to work as well as it did, you have to eliminate those things, mm-hmm. you know, like, which is funny. Like, I don't know how modern story writers get around those things when they want to write stories like this, you know, you just do it. You use it. And you you make you have to make the problems different, you know. But like, because like that's the whole thing is everyone's got a f- cell phone now with a camera on it. You, someone would have gotten pictures of the Demogorgon, you know, other than just the one that Will I'm not Will uh, Jonathan accidentally took. That is you know? that is the biggest. I mean, one of one of the ways you deal with that is like uh, Jim Butcher. People who use magic I know uh, have an interference field around them, and the the stronger they are, the bigger the interference field. Or- and, or you it's know. like this too, where you're not looking for it, where everything happens on a smaller scale, not a grand scale. Mm. Right. You know, because people but, still get murdered and we don't have pictures of everybody that does it, you know, but true. But the thing that kind of made it feel like, and again, I'm not asking, I am not asking to be everything explained and, and like thrown at me or spoon fed to me or whatever. Well, well I am because I revel in minutia. But at the end of the <laughs> season, <family>. like <laughs> obviously this was a government thing because there was military there, right? Or at least you're led to believe that. They don't fully explain who these people are, who the doctor is. I can't remember the character's name. Who's doing these experiments. Through the flashbacks, through Eleven's flashbacks, you get the idea like they were using her psychic powers as like a military weapon and accidentally found the the, the, the upside the, down. The upside down. And, and then, Martin Brenner too, played by Matthew Modine. Matthew Modine's great. So yeah, so like they accidentally found the upside down, and then when they found it, he's like, "Oh, we've got to like look into this." You know, the doctor's like, like, like any scientist would, any evil scientist. Oh, I think all scientists <laughs> would do something like that. This like, leans so heavily into '80s movie tropes, though, and oh, yeah, the clueless so. scientist that's like, "We must science for science," and you know, meanwhile, the monster's sitting there going, "I." You look really tasty. So I just 
I think I like that about it though, because again, I said it's the Stevens influence. It's a oh yeah, I'm not King. saying it's, it's a, a bad mixture thing, of King but... and Spielberg, well, right? Which yeah. both that stuff influenced both of the work and, of the 1980s for both guys. And maybe yeah. they explain it in the next no, season. Not really. No, no, they just, so, the scientists are always stupid in this. Mm-hmm. But then I see, like, then that's where, like, uh, sorry, that's one of the things where it like falls apart for me because it's I like. Disagree. Okay, let me put this to you. You realize that they split the atom in 1945 and had no idea what was going to happen. They thought it would work out okay, but we're not. No, I'm not talking sure. about that. You're, you're, I mean, like I, science just does. Like scientists just do things. I understand. What, I understand what you're saying, but that's not what I'm getting at. Okay, what I'm sorry. getting at is this was a secret government military thing going on mm-hmm. that that accidentally opened up a portal to a parallel universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now there are a dozen people walking around a Midwest town that all know about this. I'm sorry. Our government wouldn't allow that. They'd all be dead. You are not incorrect, but at some point, like fiction has to do what fiction does. Right. Cause but like happens. they, but not only that, like they killed a bunch of people that worked for, I mean, 11 did it to protect the other kids, but they killed a bunch of ki- people that worked at this lab, like melted their brains. Like, you don't think there'd be an inquiry and an investigation on the government's part under this? Like, that's where it kind of starts falling apart for me. Like, and I understand, you know, fiction has to be fiction, but that's a well, little too much suspension you, of disbelief. You, you, Give me some explanation on why but, the government is like, believing you, it could be. You, you can go into it, though. It's like, okay, you've got all these people around the Midwestern town that know about it. You think killing off those people in a small Midwestern town is going to and, help the situation? Or and there's an it? open And there's an open doorway to a parallel universe. That yeah. now a bunch of people know about. Okay, what? Are they, okay, let's put it this way. Let's say that this happens tomorrow. Me and my wife see this. What are yep. we going to do with that knowledge? Nobody's Nowadays, gonna you're going to make a gonna, YouTube video. Nobody's going to believe them. Nobody's going to believe you. They're, if they they, they can't, no, there will be enough. Take, you, they can't reliably take take him and his family out with until they know if they <laughs> said anything to anybody. And in the age of the internet, he could have sent an email. He could have posted on Twitter. They have no idea where okay, this information also, is. Let's play with this too. There's also pause deniability in, in levels of the government. Like, yep, they don't talk to each other. Like, we don't know who I, these guys will work. I, for. you're you're ex- you're explaining away the show. Like, there's no, I, I'm I, not. I, I'm telling you, like this this is just like. I honestly, I, I okay, think if they had that knowledge, okay, let's play in a real world scenario in a movie with monsters and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. if you, if you saw an alien tomorrow and you and 10 of your friends saw an alien land and you had no proof and you went to the press, who would believe you? If I had no proof, of course, but they don't have, proof. but, but yes, they do. There's a fucking portal to another dimension in the middle of their town. And that has to be opened. It doesn't stay open all the time. The thing has and, to be opened. Yeah, but who are they going to call? Does it? Inv- they never they- said that. Wait, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. No, there was one in a tree that was just there. Right, I and know. then it and then it vanished because the portals come and go. When when she saw the one in the side of her trailer, she took an axe to it and went right through, and it was gone. Mm-hmm. Right. So, like you know, and, and who's who are they? Who's he going to call to go investigate? He's Ghostbusters. Waldo. What? It's 1985. Geraldo. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they and and he he would get uh, permission from the government to go on the, you know, the government's going to do what you said. They're plausible. They're millions. It's like, what, what are you talking about? There's nothing here. You know, we can't. I, I don't know. I just wanted a some, research station. We can't. Let you I know. wanted some explanation on why, like, they just let it go. Like, that's all I wanted. You know, like why they let it go? Because obviously 
they came and got Hopper at the end of the episode. They don't really let it go, though, is the thing. Mm -hmm. Like, it keeps going. Like, they're still dealing with it and the show. Like, they're still trying to figure it out. And, you know, these people have families and a bunch of little kids and a whole town gets wiped out. Then people ask questions. Okay. Like, if you were to annihilate all of whatever the name of the town, Hawkins, Indiana... Then the question becomes is why did this entire town get leveled? Then yeah, people the, are asking questions. The more action they take in the sunlight, the more questions they're gonna raise. So it's 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 like it's like JD was saying about about you know dealing with magic and monsters in, in an urban fantasy setting. It's like small actions in the background that aren't going to be noticed. You know, that's, that's the whole concept of these of these like supernatural thrillers. Also, these things happen. And it happens under the eyes of regular people, but you miss it because like, you're so concerned with your own lives and nobody, even if you saw it, who would believe you, right? Cause I, I, we laugh at people who, who have UFOs here's the, or see the wolf man or see the here's, foot. Here's my, here's my other issue with but it. But the though. Loch Ness monster is real. Damn it. Here's my other issue with it. Like I could accept that except for the fact that in the second or third episode, when 11 shows up at the diner and the guy like helps her out and, you know, cleans her up and gives her some food he calls social services and one of the agents show up and as soon as they see her they kill him instead of just saying oh well we're going to take her away because we're social services like that's all they had to do no they killed him because he saw her and then because he, that because they're, the bad, they're the bad guys but i'm saying but then that vein disappears for the rest of the they're show all dead you know at the end of it they're all dead they kill they like all they didn't died. kill the teacher they didn't kill the science teacher. I thought he was no. dead when I, you know, every time she, every time they opened a door and she was standing there, I was like, okay, this person's dead. And it didn't happen again. And I'm how, like, how, how did, but did she know how much he knew? Yeah. And they can easily get rid of the guy but, that took her in because, but again, there if was they're trying to keep, to see that she was ever there. So if she's trying to keep 11 a secret, you know, she would have killed more people. Okay. Okay. We were, we are just arguing this out. Like you're sounding a lot like me. And I give, this, I give this a pass, you know, like, uh, it, it, just, it, but it just bothered me. Like, don't either don't kill the guy in the beginning. And then I would have accepted the whole show or show her kill more people that know who Eleven is or know Eleven's alive. There are much like worse, it's inconsistence. It's there is inconsistent. much worse writing out there that you can drive trucks through the plot holes. This is it's not, not a plot. It, it's just it was felt very it was a very inconsistent use of like. Uh, of the story i just like it was like either really sounding like me <laughs> I, it just it did yeah it, it just bothered me like you know and then again at the end like there's a freaking portal to another universe and everyone's just okay with that well the portal disappeared i mean like they're it like implodes they, they keep losing it like getting back there again in season two they try to go back and it's different. i did not get that impression i did not get that impression at I, all from this season i hear why you say that i understand that Every time they go down there, the thing's open. Yeah, it's not the building destroyed, and they can't. It's hard to get back to. It's not like well, they. It's, it's but I'm saying that none, they didn't show or explain any of that in in this. It was just like I don't know. Like I'm of the, I'm of the mind that like you are to infer that there are certain bits of knowledge that that a viewer, reader, whatever, need to infer and put together. Like that's personal opinion, but I get where you're coming from. I I, I hear you. I hear your critique. Disagree, but I hear. <laughs> Remember. Everyone has a right to their opinion. I am the I am the one that's usually arguing this side of things, though, and I'm not going to argue about that here because the writing was damn good. Yeah, I, and, I agree. You know, and and we're we are literally arguing about minutia at this point because you can explain. No, I mean it's 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 
there's a certain level of yeah, I'll let it go for this kind of thing. And this, I'm not, this is way below the bar, you know? I, I'm I'm not saying it was a bad. UFO, I'm a saying UFO crashed in New Mexico and everybody <laughs> saw, and a bunch of people saw it. <sighs> did they? Yes, hundred percent they did. The, yeah. <laughs> they saw a UFO. They saw an unidentified flying object. Flying yes, they did not see an alien spacecraft. But again, if you say that you saw, I saw an I saw a UFO, I saw aliens, and you go forward with this knowledge, everybody says you are cuckoos, you are cuckoo for cocoa puffs, you are crazy. That's why you can let people who see things like that. Oh, okay. I'm no sorry. Believes you. I'm sorry. There's the, then there's another last little sure. bit of of information. A boy died, quote unquote, died. They found his body in a river, and they buried him, and then he came back. That it does happen, and it be, it messes the kid up big time in in the next couple of seasons. What I'm saying, and the town just accepted that. Wouldn't you? No, no. Be I would like, be well, I would be the asshole that'd be like, wait a minute, I fucking saw your body in the casket, and we fucking buried you. Like, but it's not the first time something like that's happened, where like people have been thought to have been dead, and it turns out not. Like that does there, it doesn't happen. I'm saying it happens every day, but that has happened. But I'm saying people who were at the funeral who saw the body in the casket, like. No, I would be like, uh-uh, fuck you. Again, <laughs> what the hell's going on here? Again, we're just nitpicking. How about how about what do you think of the of the writing though, of the characterizations or or the story? I'm telling you Was the I'm telling you my or... issues with the writing. Like you can't yeah. just leave this stuff hanging. Yeah. Like oh, I just accept it. Yeah, no one asked questions. This boy just came back out of nowhere, and everyone no, just accepted. Ask, people, no, that no, Dave. People did not just accept. But they didn't show it in at all yes, in the season. They did in season not, two. But I didn't see season two. Then you can't make that comment that they don't you can't make comments on that I didn't they didn't do this because they didn't get to it yet. And that's the thing with serialized fiction is like it is not on the view. If you don't if you could say, Well, I have a problem with this, this, and this, and I could say, Well, this, this, and this are addressed. You're like, Well, not at the time that I wanted it addressed. That's not how that works. Well, again, I also will go back to inconsistency because, again, they if they make it appear like the, the portal's always open in the show. Okay. Then okay. if you're telling me that it disappears and, and whatnot, like, that was not clear at all. The, it wasn't clear by her taking an axe to the side of her her double wide? That and... wasn't a portal. That that wasn't, an, that wasn't a portal like the ones they were going through, like the one in the tree and the one uh, in the, the laboratory. Yeah. <sighs> all right, look. We again, we are we are arguing about minutia. I, I I personally, I overall, this is a this is a must watch for me. This is like a between the '80s nostalgia, the the thousand and one references to '80s movies. You name it, there's a reference in there, including just about everything of of Spielberg's work. You know, all the the fact that they managed to characterize the kids appropriately. No, there's nobody here that's perfect. And you know everybody learns, and the and the storyline, the the storyline's pretty cool for science fiction. So yeah, science fiction, dark fantasy, supernatural mm. thriller, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, like I said it channels uh, the eighties taking place in eighties. I think channels a a good place where stuff like that was possible. Okay, I, I do have a question. Mm. I, I I may have missed something. It was the only thing, it was one of the other things that kind of like, eh, but I, thought, I kept saying, maybe I missed something. Why did the Demogorgon take Will in the beginning of the show? It was, it was finally getting through at the time, you know? Yeah, I just, a victim. 
You know, why does a serial killer kill? Well, because they made a point that it was attracted the rest, by blood. That he was attracted to blood for the rest of the show. Right. So that's, but, but the portals were just starting to open. So if it finds a portal, it's going to go through it, right? Yeah. It just was a wrong place, wrong time. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I think that I think that's another thing. Like, if I was writing it, I would have made one little thing and had him like, you know, just scrape something and cut himself, you know, and establish that right away with the blood. I, I swear we've swapped brains on this. I mean, I'm sure. usually the one nitpicking. I don't. I, I chose him because I think he's the one that fell behind. You know, he was the weakest of the group. You know, mm. fell behind. He was alone. He was at home. That's what I'm saying. He's behind. He's alone. He's by himself. There's not a lot. There was there's strength in numbers, which is again horror movie trope. Strength in numbers. You get divided. Yeah. It's also right out of Salem's Lot. <laughs> strength in numbers. Unless you're 11, you can drop the entire bat, the entire other team. If you're a mutant, <laughs> you know you can do that. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, and so then I the. Get, I, I get why you, I get, I understand your critiques. I do not share them, but I understand where you're coming from. Like I said, stuff, I don't think that that kind of a thing, I mean, like personally for me, if I'm watching a show about monsters and like, you know, alternate parallel universes, like that other things just don't bother me as much. Cause I can accept, cause again, when you ask, when you accept the premise of it, like, okay, why didn't the government just come by and drop nuclear weapons on the entire town? Well, cause you couldn't do that. Right. Yeah, I'm not saying that. I'm, but that's what I'm saying. Like, it's, it's taking it to, like, absurd comparisons. You know? Right. Like, again, yeah. I think these things are more fun to imagine if if these things do exist and, you know, not enough people know about them. Or maybe the – is it the entire government? Did the Reagan administration know about them? Or was it just the secret – this little sect who isn't telling people? Right? As we learn in all these subcommittee meetings that, like, the CIA and the FBI don't talk to each other. Well, and that's yeah. – yeah, I mean, I guess – and maybe, I don't know, maybe it's in season two. Like, that's something that would have been more interesting to me. Like, then other agents have to come and clean up the mess. And, like, they didn't know what was going on there. Right. Because you know? nobody wants to admit that they were they were the reason that people disappeared out of a small town and drew attention to their, their science project. So they would have wiped everything. And that means that the next crew comes in that has got no idea what they're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Right. Because it even says that at one point. The when they have Hopper captured at the at the end, or when they have the Joyce and Hopper captured, and and he's like, oh, he's saying to Joyce that you know, eleven uh, people have been taken so far, you know, or or twelve. I don't remember what number he said. You know, help me stop this. You know, like I don't know if that's true or not because it's the bad guy, so you don't know. But it's like, well, if that many people have gone dis- missing out of a small town, people start talking. So right, exactly. But only one kid went missing from the small town. He came back. No, 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 no. Two, Barb disappeared too. But again, like, again, this stuff is brought up again. Yes. Like Poor this Barb. Stuff, this stuff is addressed for the most part. For the most part. I mean, there's some things that, you know, but I mean, like the government has not left Hawkins alone. Right. Now other governments are involved too. Other people have noticed this. Yep. Like Will, people are not as the people are not totally cool with Will. Will is not totally fine, right? Eleven, there are people asking questions. Like, this all continued. Okay. Well, I mean, I guess, too, like, in stark contrast, the Institute, like, he did a really, Stephen King did a really great job of writing it in a way where, like, you don't question why no one is questioning the existence of this Institute because it's hidden so well, you know? And, and they explain, like, you know, people are 
the people that work there are in like a little encampment around it. Like that's where they live. Like, like it's kept secret, 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 you know, by the same token, Stephen King also wrote Firestarter. Firestarter has a lot of the same DNA as the Institute. He wrote Firestarter in his late twenties and Mm -hmm. the secret, like the shop and the Institute are very similar, but you know, the shop was not nearly as hidden as the Institute is. So a lot of things you're talking about, the same writer, fell into those same traps earlier in his life. So there's a big part of things. The Institute was his chance to rewrite, pull Firestarter off cocaine, you know? Yeah. Where he was a little more focused. Right. This time around. So, I mean, like, cause I think having just read the two of them, not back to back, but within like a year of each other, Mm -hmm. like I saw the parallels and I saw where Zuff zigs instead of zags. So I do think a lot of Institute is his chance to go back and make sense, more sense out of uh, Firestarter that wasn't making sense at the time. Yeah. Well, who are the guys that did this? The Oh my god, what are the Duffer Brothers? The Duffer Brothers. Maybe they were doing cocaine. I will say that too. Like they wrote it and it looked like they directed every episode too. So yes, like their, this their vision. It's their totally vision. their vision, right? It's not like someone said, Oh, well, let me just change this or change that. So yeah. So I know. Mm-hmm. John's upset with me. Oh, I'm not upset. No. <laughs> I'm just I'm just interested to f- figure out i'm just trying to think of the reason why you're so nitpicky about this one that's all because it didn't click him i didn't just click with dave like again the the characters and that kind of stuff just didn't win him over hmm. as much and that at the you know art hits people in different ways that'd yes. do it you know if you and if you're if you feel a connection to the material you're allowed you let some of the stuff that's you might let some things slip past you but if you're not feeling connected to it and I, the stuff was bothering you, like the, the child murder and the, the child death stuff bugged Dave. So maybe the defenses were up extra. I was going to say, if I had watched this, I'm trying to do math, eight years ago when it first came out, I probably would have got swept at 2016. That's six years. Oh, I mean, I, I mean, COVID makes it seem longer. But I did, it really I, does. <laughs> it really does. I did maths wrong in my head. If I had watched this six years ago when it first came out, I probably would have got caught up in the hype with everyone and and by, there's by, a lot to that too hype does make for a big difference hype does mm-hmm. when you get caught in a moment because there's a lot of times if you miss out on something you look back on you go like i don't get it i'm guilty of that there's a lot of things that i've watched after like ex post facto and you don't you just don't feel it yeah right? i think this still holds up though i do too but yeah, yeah I, I if it if it doesn't get you it doesn't get you right mm-hmm. yeah no agreed. i agree and that's what i'm saying like if i had watched it when it first came out i probably would feel differently about it but looking back on it you know, I mean, I, I know people who were remain nameless that didn't watch Firefly when it came out. And then they went back and watched it. It's like, I don't get this. Oh. I know people that... Good thing you didn't name them. I know people who say that about the X-Files, you know, and, 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 and other stuff that, like, I love, you know, and they're just like, yeah, I don't get it. Like, because they didn't watch it when it first came out. They're looking at it with a modern lens and they're like this just isn't good you see now the x-files is something that ever grabbed me never no (sighs) and it's weird because i loved cold shack but i but x-files never grabbed me i i never i was a little young for x-files i think Mm -hmm. and then like because it just it just i think i just didn't hit my i didn't hit me in the right spot at the right time like i was too young for it and then when i was older it had already been like this big thing so i was kind of like uh you know, I missed it. I missed Breaking Bad, and I have no urge to go back and watch it. You know, because it just you missed. I feel, sometimes it feels like you missed, right. the, like you missed the zeitgeist. But I was in on Game of Thrones, so like, and I'm still a yeah. apologist. I'm still a Game of Thrones. 
Ugh. Mainly because I love the co- I love the characters so much. You know, how can you love the characters? They all get killed. <laughs> that's part of the reason we love the characters. Anything can happen. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's all right, the shows anybody could die. Will you watch season two? Or are you so turned off that you're never gonna? You're done. <sighs> as a as a person who wants a complete story. I kind of want to watch season two just to see if it answers some of my questions I have from season one and answers some of my feelings about season one. And if it doesn't, then I'll probably won't watch anymore. That's fair. I think that's, I think that's a very fair thing to say. Like a lot of times if I'm not in on season one or something, I will not go back. I will not give another season a chance. So I'm, I was literally just curious if you would consider season two. Yeah, no, I probably will. I think just season two is better than season three. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, like and it, it season one and season two are like basically like say Halloween one and Halloween two. It feels it's like, like a, one story. Yeah, there's yeah, it, there's season three. It felt like season three felt a little bloated, but I still like the characters and I like with I like the adjustments because they gave us some new villains in season two, some human villains hmm. that are yeah. different that I I dug. Like uh, the, they get a new a new saw a new kid joins the group. That's another thing. The and it's an, a very 80s there's a lot of there's a lot of 80s tropes in this show it's an 80s yeah it's a, shit. a ton it's supposed to they do it for you know they steer into the skin and that's the whole thing the the doctor there's no like no explanation of him whatsoever he's just the the the, the mustache crawling bad guy for the sake of being a bad guy that's it like there's no backstory there's no no nothing like yeah so I kind of, I don't know. I kind of like that on my villain. Okay, I just, I have this personal belief on on villains. That like, okay, and some. This is, I'll just pontificate this for a moment. But not everybody. But I do like this. I do like. I do think sometimes when we give too much of a backstory to a villain, you defang the monster a little bit, right? So sometimes right. I think the the less you know about a villain, the more powerful they are, right? And I think the idea of yes, Doctor, what's his name in the show, John? Again, what is Matthew Modine's character's name? Matthew Modine. Oh, where'd it go? Oh, I think Matthew. Yeah, where is he? Um, shoot, Matthew Modine. There it is Martin Brenner. Brenner, Doctor Brenner. Doctor Brenner is yeah. scarier when you know nothing about him because then it just seems like then it seems like everything he's doing is just malevolent, right? It can go either way though because one of the tropes in anime, in in really good anime, is is the backstory. Like oh, the yeah, Japanese sure. have taken to a, a, an art form where the backstory actually defines a character and can make you hate them more. Oh, I I, I don't know? disagree with that so, at all. I'm just like I said, when, when you're portraying with a show about actual monsters, right? Because mm-hmm. that's what the show's about. It's about monsters. Oh, yeah. You need a monster, a human that's a, mon- a, as human monstrous that's a monster as monstrous as them. And when you know yeah. too much about the monster, the monster isn't scary anymore. So yeah. Okay. So don't think for me, the idea that they don't tell us exactly what he's doing helps. And it helps us sympathize with Eleven I get, a bit more because Eleven doesn't understand what's happening to her. I get, I get that with a character like the Joker. You give the Joker a backstory, it defangs him, and he's not mm-hmm. the Joker anymore. But Again, comparing this to the Institute, creating villains who believe they're doing this for the security of the world, mm-hmm. you know, but they're, you know, quote unquote, could be wrong and they're they're changing the future kind of a thing. Like there's zealots like it's like a zealot. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Thank you. Some like, of the most monstrous things ever that's, done in this world. Right. Right. That's by people who thought no they were the hero. Exactly. No that's argument. that's scarier. Like I. Mm-hmm. Kind of thought they were going to go that 
route with the character and they and didn't I, like they I didn't give you anything really i think if the show was about adults they would have but i think yeah. with the focus being on kids is oftentimes kids are left in the dark about motivation and kids boil things down yeah true true black and white and too simple you know so i think that keeping dr brenner again because it's told through a lot specifically dr brenner is so much told from 11's perspective the yeah. more we learn about him and what that, because I don't think we've learned the operations called like it makes no. it more about them and not so much about her. Who's this victim of this. And again, you learn more about her as we go along, we get to know more about 11 and you start putting those pieces together a little bit. But again, you never really know about Dr. Brenner because he's just, he's Dracula. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good thing. Like, and yeah, yeah. Stoker, we don't know about Dracula. Dracula is just this vampire. We didn't get right. that cool Vlad Tepish thing. Like, he's just, he's just evil. Right. No, I get it. I mean, and that's the thing, because again, the only thing you get about what's going on at the, I'm going to call it the Institute, the laboratory, is that, again, it felt like they were doing this to use her as like a spying. They did. They were. Mm -hmm. Spying weapon and accidentally tapped into the, the parallel universe that's and- then it was like, oh, okay, well, let's go investigate this parallel universe. That's what they did. Yeah, that's that. That's yeah, and that, but, let's see. But let's that's see all you know. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's all you know. That's it. And it's just this one guy running the whole thing. And at eleven calls him Papa, but you find out that's not his her okay. Papa. Right. And I think you're what I think you're supposed to feel is I think you're supposed to feel like for the child, like you're supposed to your focus is supposed to be on feeling for eleven, right? Yeah. You're just supposed to feel for her being exploited, and she doesn't understand anything right and in season two she starts to figure out the world a little bit more and it's well part of the, the charm of bobby millie bobby brown you know that also raises the question too if she's 11 where's one through 10 dead yeah oh i guess they're they explain that at some point all dead <sighs> ow <laughs> thanks so now i know that there's 10 dead kids in front of her 10 dead kids yes and mm -hmm. she will be a she will be the 11th dead kid and they will build a 12 you just put a Another nail in the coffin for this show. I get it. I get it. I, if, that, if, if you're not comfortable with the murder of children, maybe this is for you. Um, I hope. I hope no one listening to this show is comfortable with the murder of children. I guess I'm a, I'm a Stephen King fan. They're all, you know, they're all fodder for. for, 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 for yep. There is no. There is no safe character really. Oh my again, god! As a writer, I like that because it keeps things. It keeps you on your toes. You know, you don't. If you feel that none of the characters an, are safe, it's it's like, a it's a way to to also give instant emotional investment into something. Absolutely. absolutely. Well, it can yeah. be overused though. Oh, absolutely. Like like that. Well, for the last ten years, people have used that. That's been like a trope now, where it's like they get you invest in somebody right away and then kill them just to just just so so that the writer shows you that he means business 100 you know? characters are created just to kill sometimes it can be good sometimes not okay so did you guys see the first the original pet cemetery movie oh yeah right did you see the remake i think i saw the remake the remake is trash because they change mm. in, the, in the original story the little boy died yeah Miriam, he comes back zombie kid he's evil in the moo movie it's the daughter that dies huh right? And when this first happened, I was like, whoa, that's different. But then I was like, okay, there's more narrative possibility with a child who's a little bit more aware. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. It doesn't, I was accepted. And by the end of the story, they're all, the very end of the movie, the mom and the dad are all reborn evil people. And the little boy is in the car by himself. And these evil people surround the car and you see him surround the little boy and the movie cuts to black. 
And I was like, I'm out. Yeah. I'm out. And I have a lot, like I have a big tolerance for this kind of stuff. Like it didn't like the idea that these people were going to kill this two-year-old got me. Like that was it. I'm like, I'm done. I'm out. Like I just, that was too much for me. So everyone has like that, that. Ah, oh, good. Like, I'm glad you have a line somewhere. I do have a line. And it turns out the murder of two-year-olds by monsters is my line. Like, again, it didn't deliver. Like it didn't, there's this, there's this, like Pet Cemetery is his most nasty story. And mm-hmm. it's, um, I felt like they were trying to turn up a nasty story and make it nastier. And it felt gratuitous. By the okay. End. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the story was already bleak as it was. Yeah, it's but... incredibly bleak. It's his far and away his most bleak story. He says that, too. He's like, this is easily the most bleak thing I've ever written. That's so, when he was off the cocaine trying to kick that well, he, he was on it. He was on it. Like, yeah. his little uh, Owen King almost got hit by a truck. Oh, he, oh yeah. And that's the scene. That's right. the scene. He wrote it. And then it, there was a, there was a, they were spending the, I think it was, they were spending a, week, a summer up at some place and, you know, busy road. And there was a pet cemetery in the backyard. And he was like. This is weird. And he was inspired by all this crap to write this bleak ass story, you know, that even he's not a huge fan of, you know? Yeah. But again, like, and these, and the filmmaker felt like they said, okay, you know, this story, we're going to make it gnarlier. And it was just, I don't it's know. Time to turn things up a notch. Yeah. Now. It's like, you didn't have to, it's Pet Cemetery, man. Yeah. Like, you didn't have to turn that up. So I get where you're coming from, Dave. I, I understand it. And we all have that line. Right? Yeah. You know, so I, I get it. That's perfectly valid reason not to like. Because again, if you have issues with kids and this stuff, yeah, I get it. All right. Well, there you go. I watched it. I'll let you guys know if I watch season two. Hey, I appreciate you talking. Appreciate you stepping out of a, not a comfort zone, but just step watching something you weren't terribly interested in to begin with, and giving it at the old college try. Yes. All right. Well, we're not going to rate a six-year-old show at this point, and. We, we didn't even. Dave was lukewarm. That's all you got to know. We didn't. We didn't even give you spoiler warnings. So, on that <laughs> note, guys, have any recommendations for our audience? John, you really want to ask me that? Sure, <laughs> recommend something, man. Uh, well, I mean, considering Gen Five is out now, that's right. The whole the whole first half hour of the show is John recommending My Little Pony. Gen 5. <laughs> yeah, because you know the, the this this the. The anime seasons are are on, and I don't know. Yeah, I I don't really have anything other than step out of your comfort zone. It doesn't have to be, you know, My Little Pony Generation Four, like the first season. Although I do challenge people to watch like the first three episodes and then and then decide for themselves what that show is. But other than that, I don't think I you know go go find something that challenges you. You know, watch something new. Or read one of JD's books. Read one of JD's books. I'm read one of JD's books. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm having my best month on Amazon in quite some time. So please read my books. Excellent. Nice. Business is up. All right. COVID still <laughs> keeping people home. Got to read yay, something. Yay, Omicron. Um, no. <laughs> that, that's not even funny. Jeez, we almost went through an entire episode without mentioning it. Without, without mentioning this plague. Yes. Came close. <laughs> All right. Yeah. 2K people are dying every day. Yeah, JD, how about you? Got any recommendations? I will not recommend COVID. No, no. <laughs> two out of That's three definitely of us, one star. Two out of three of us have had COVID, and I don't think either of us would rate it very high. No, 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 no. It's it's very low on my list. Yes, I've I, I boarded I up my front it, door, so I've rated it poorly on the app. <laughs> one star review at most. Yep. <laughs> would not recommend to friends. Um, 
I'm in the process. I'm a, you know, I'm a, we're talking about King on this big King fan. I'm in, I'm, I want to finish up the dark tower. I've got the last audio book, but I have to read a couple of their books before I get to it. Cause apparently they're the reference. So I started hearts in Atlantis the other day, specifically the, the short story of low men in yellow coats. That was actually what the movie hearts in Atlantis was based on. The low men are uh, evil creatures who serve the crimson King. Okay. So far so good. I'm not, yeah, it's uh read the dark tower, dark towers. But I'm reading this Hearts in Atlantis right now, and I'm liking it. So I haven't finished yet, so I can't give it like a, a full thumbs up. But so far, so good. So, so, far, so good. thumbs in the middle at the moment. Thumbs, thumbs edging up to yeah. I'm, I'm liking it. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, you know what? I'll recommend that you go to superherospeak.com where you can find the podcast every week. It links to all our social media at the top of the page and comic book reviews by our good friend D Square. And uh, let's see. You know what I'm going to recommend? I'm going to recommend. <laughs> You go watch Batman and Robin, because that's what we will be talking about on the podcast next week, boys and girls. So if you've never seen this classic starring George Clooney and uh, starring uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, he got billing. And Arnold Schwarzenegger, (laughs) do yourself a favor and and go see it on (laughs) HBO Max. So that uh, and we'll be joined by our good friends D Square and Apit Ray to discuss. Even for an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, the puns in the first ten minutes alone are ridiculous. Even cartoons wouldn't go so far. The one and only Batman and Robin. The cartoons treated this much more with much more reverence. The last piece of shit. The last mm-hmm. live action Robin that you got. That's true. Until Titans. Until true. Titans, which is yeah. only yes. watched by my friend Scott. <laughs> Yeah, I I tried getting into it, but after Robin said "fuck Batman," I'm, fuck Batman. Was, I was like, "I commercial." I'm like, "I'm out. I have no interest in this." Yeah. Well, on that note, boys and girls, as always, thanks for listening, and don't let your bat cape get caught in Robin. <laughs> have a good week. Caught in Robin? Ew! What the hell? I think I think you do not. I, I think that means something you do not think it means. Oh, oh, like, oh. Like, <laughs> no? We got superhero speak Frederick Wortham. <laughs> <laughs>